But I, I still want to finish up my, uh, my series on, on fasting and prayer and, and, and the Word. Amen. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit more today. I'm just going to finish it up. And uh, because, you know, even though that we have fasted for 21 days, that doesn't mean you, you, you that that doesn't mean that you you uh, stop fasting for the rest of your life. <laughs> In other words, you might want to continue to fast and pray. You know, the Lord directed me. It's you know, I, I think one of the most important things you can get in fasting and prayer, of course, fasting is disconnecting from the from the from the world. Amen. And prayer is connecting to God. And I think one of the best things we can get from God is direction. Is when God reveals truth to us or shows us, gives us uh, maybe uh, some enlightenment in some areas that we didn't see before. I mean, the Lord's revealing to me and directing to me he, uh, uh, that, uh, that I, I usually fast once a week, but I, I feel like the Lord is directing me to fast twice a week for this year until he tells me not to. So I'm excited about, well, my flesh is not excited about fasting twice a week, but uh, I know that God has some good things in store. And, um, and so I, I know that he's in, say, say, say God's preparing me. So see, see, I'm going to say this, that God is preparing each one of us for greater. Somebody say greater. So God is preparing you for greater. Amen. I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm ready for some greater. I'm ready to see greater things. You know, Jesus said the works that, that he said, actually the works that I do, Jesus says this, the works I do, you can do. And then Jesus said greater works than Jesus. Because Jesus said, because I go to the Father. So I, that's amazing to me. Because Jesus raised the dead, walked on water. And, uh, you know, but Peter walked on water. And, you know, some of the disciples actually, uh, you know, after Jesus was raised from the dead, they raised some people from the dead. It is recorded in the book of Acts. So, so, so if they can do it, say, I can do it. You can do it. Why? Because you have the power of God in you. The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. So we're talking about fasting and, uh, you know, uh, Fasting does connect, disconnects us from the world, uh, and, and prayer connects us to God. So I, I like to say fasting, prayer, and the Word. And so in James 4, 8, it says, draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. I like what Psalms 145, 18 and 19 says. It says, the Lord is near to all who call upon Him. Think about that. The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. I think what really... What, God, what upsets the Lord, can, 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 I get, can I give you some information this morning, what upsets God? What upsets God and what upset him in the Old Testament, it was that people weren't willing to call on God. He was looking for people to call on him. He was looking for people to pray. He was looking for people to get them, to, to ask God to come into their life. God is looking for somebody that's seeking him. Do I have any seekers this morning? Do I have any people that are hungry for the things of God? I, I, I'm hungry. I, I'm like that deer that pants after the water brook. I, I'm hungry for God. i got to have more of God in my life. And again, I always say more of God is more good. Just put another O on God and God is good. Amen. So you can't get, you can't get too much of God in your life. 
And so Psalms 145, 18 says, The Lord is near, I love that, to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. Amen. And I love this part of it, verse 19. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. Oh my, I love that. How many people want answered prayer in here? How many people want God to fulfill your desire? I know some of you are believing and, and, and I'm believing for my relatives to come to start coming to church. Some of them are, they used to come to church and they're outside of church. But how many people are believing for revival in your family? How many people are believing that your kids are going to come back strong to the things of God? And your relatives. So, 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 so we need to believe that God is going to move, amen, and answer our prayers in those areas. And he says he also will hear their cry and save them. Amen. We also discovered that, uh, you know, in our Christian walk, uh, you know, you, you get saved. You, before you're saved, you don't, realize you, ha you don't really realize you have any problems. Of course, you have a, a bucket load of problems before you're saved. A lot of times we're blinded to our own issues. Does anybody knows that? And a lot of times when we get saved, uh, then we start, you know, we come to church and we start reading the Bible and we found out some areas in our life need some adjustments. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And we, we, we need some adjustments in our life. And then we find out, then, then the devil starts working on us because the closer you get to God, it, it, it's good and, and God's going to help you and there's a grace. But then there's a devil out here that's going to try to separate you from the things of God. So the devil, he, his whole job description is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal the word from you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So the devil is, is, is against us, but, 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 you know, he's our enemy. But sometimes we have an inner me that gets us in trouble as well. Am I, are you hearing what I'm talking to him? And what it is is that we have a flesh. Somebody say flesh. And so we have a flesh, and that flesh is our, our, our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's that part of us that wants to control. Anybody out there who wants to control you know, and we need to put God in the driver's seat, don't we? And then we have our bodies, and sometimes our bodies want to control. Anybody was, was you know, on that fast and we're thinking about donuts and cookies? And your body wants to control you. But, you know, really the key is we are three parts, if I may. In Thessalonians, uh, uh, at the end of Thessalonians, uh, I believe it's 523, it's, uh, Paul is saying, may your whole spirit, soul, and body. So, so be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, so Paul actually puts us in three places. Soul, spirit, and body. So it's really spirit, soul, and body. So, 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 so we are a spirit. Somebody say, I'm a spirit. And I'm hoping this year that you're going to walk more in the spirit than in the flesh. Amen. I don't know about you, but I was thinking about this because I, I had some good days fasting. and I really felt the presence of God. And, you know, it, it's almost like days of heaven on earth. And I don't know about you, but I want to start walking days of heaven on earth. Or anybody know what I'm talking about? I really believe that we can get in a place in God where we're not, we're not dealing with the fears. We're not dealing with anxiety. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I don't want to deal with anxieties. I, I don't want to deal with fears. I, I don't want to deal with getting angry in traffic. Amen. I, I don't want to... Am I related? Is, 
Am I related to anything? I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that this year. I want to be at peace. You know, I, I, I don't want to get mad when the person puts the high beams behind me. And it's, it's on my rear view mirror. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or are, the, or are you the one putting the high? Okay. Are you the high beamers? Amen. So, 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 so we, we, we have to understand this, that fasting is, is a form of crucifying the flesh. And, and, and I, you know, if you bring your flesh down, then your spirit can take control. And when we walk in the spirit, uh, we will walk under the fullness of God's grace. I like what it says in Galatians 5.16. It says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are in contrary to one another. So you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So, again, you know, I'm just going to remind you, there's, there's, there's laws that, that govern the natural world, and there's laws that govern the spirit world. And, uh, and so if you go against spiritual laws, it's going to hurt you. And we, we want to go with, with God's law, and, and there's a law of faith, and, and there's a law of love, and we need to operate in the law of love. Amen. That's what walking in spirit is walking in the law of love. And next month, we're, I'm going to be preaching on love. And, and hopefully we're going to be walking in more love. Amen. By the end of that series next month. Glory to God. You can't go wrong walking in love. Amen. And so, so really, I want to walk in the spirit. And the, and the key of, you know, a key test. Do you, want, do, you want to, do you want to know a test if you're walking in the spirit? It is, it, the test is, are you walking in joy? Are you walking in peace? Are you walking in patience? Are you walking in kindness? Are you walking in goodness? Are you walking in faithfulness? Are you walking in gentleness? And are you walking in self-control? Pastor, I failed that whole test. <laughs> Pastor, can you back that truck up again? You know, uh, that, that's, uh, that's, that's tough. That's that's not easy. Well, no, no, that's called the fruit of the Spirit. I did a series on that last year. Does anybody remember that series of the fruit of the Spirit? Amen. I ran some of you out of the church with that series. But anyway, uh, but, but the fruit of the Spirit. And, you know, and, and it was like, it was a nine-week message. And I'm still waiting for you guys to start walking. No, I'm kidding. But you guys are walking. Say I'm walking in the fruit of the Spirit. I'm trying to get there too. Amen. And so, how do you walk in the fruit of the Spirit, you may ask? I mean, I mean, do you just force love? No, you don't force it. Uh, you, ha you have to practice. You, you do have to practice walking in love. Well, how do you practice walking in love? How do you practice walking in the fruit of the Spirit? Well, like me, uh, I don't, you know, patience, I don't run red lights. Hello. <laughs> uh, you know, it's turning yellow and you speed up. No, you stop. My mom was in the car with me, and, and, she, and she hates my driving because I'm, I'm always cutting through the yellow lights. She said, that might be a camera there. I said, I know where all the cameras at, Mom. I know what red lights, I know what yellow lights I can run through. I know which ones I got to stop at. I know how to do the California stop. Doesn't anybody know what I'm talking about here? Well, I mean, I will cut through a 7-Eleven to avoid a, a traffic light. Gideon would say, don't you got any patience? So this year, I'm, <laughs> this year, I'm telling off of myself. 
I'm telling off of myself today, amen? But as long as it's dark and I turn the lights off and nobody knows it's like see life pastor doing these kind of things, amen? And so what am I talking about? I say, you got to practice patience. Amen. you you got to practice patience. I, I don't like waiting in line, <laughs> but I'm going to try to practice patience this year. You know how you can practice patience? If, if you learn to work on mod, 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 margins, margins, learn to have a margin. Margin, that's, is that butter? But anyway, um, in other words, have enough time to where you're not rushing. And if you, spend, if you get up early enough, get up early, yeah, and then you have enough time. Say it takes you 20 minutes to get somewhere. Allow 30 minutes, and then you don't have to try to race through the traffic. I'm, that's free today. I'm not going to charge you for that bit of advice. Amen? And so, again, we want to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. So how do we do that? John 15 says, this is Jesus. He, he's calling us to bear fruit. And he says, abide in me, John 15, 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So, so, so what does that mean? That means I really believe the, the perfect way of abiding in God is, is, is fasting, is, is cutting yourself off uh, from the influences of the world, and then prayer and the word connecting to the influences of God. Amen? So I, I believe, and so as we abide in him, automatically you should start walking in some peace. All, you, know, you know what makes us attractive to the world? It's peace and joy. I'm telling you, we should be walking in peace and joy. I mean, we should have a smile on our face. Glory to God. It's amazing to me uh, that, that how a smile can go a long way. That, when I was knocking on doors with Christina yesterday, I just had a big smile. See, I, I, I used to be in sales. And um, in sales, you've got to be a nice person in sales. Because you've got to sell people stuff. You can't be a grumpy salesperson and expect to make any sales quotas. So you got to be a, hey, how you doing? Hallelujah. And so you got to be positive. And I, I worked with this lady and she was, uh, before the, cur you know, before the gate raised, we, we, I sold jewelry. And, um, and she would be like, ah, we'd be putting jewelry out. She may be kind of negative. And then that, and that gate starts coming up. She says, showtime. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, she changes from being a negative person. Hey, how you doing? You know. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so when you're fellowshipping with God and you're spending time with God and you have sweet fellowship with the Lord and you start having and God starts revealing truth to you in his word and you have that fellowship through prayer because prayer is not just asking God for something. It's fellowshipping with him. And when you fellowship with God and he starts revealing truth and you're worshiping and you're sensing his presence, you're, you should be smiling. Oh, glory to God. You, sh you should have peace. You should be operating in the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Here's a great scripture I like. Uh, this is a great fasting and prayer scripture. It says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So, so Paul is saying I, he's been crucified. You're crucified with Christ. In reality, when Christ went on the cross, you went on the cross with him. Oh man, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? In reality, when, when Christ was crucified, 
you were crucified. Your sins were crucified. Amen. And when Jesus was raised from the dead and now he's seated at the right hand of the father. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter two, it says that we've been seated in heavenly places with him. Do you know you're seated in, in authority? You're seated in heavenly places with God. Amen. That means somebody say, I have authority. You're seated in heavy places. That's awesome. So, so again, we, we, we also discovered that fasting and prayer is a sacrifice. And, and there's something about sacrifices that, 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 that God loves. Amen. Especially when we sacrifice food for, for spiritual gain. And, and uh, I like what Jesus uh, said in the wilderness when he was fasting. Uh, the devil tried to, you know, get him to turn some stones into bread. And Jesus had the ability to do that. But Jesus said this, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You see, you're here today. You're not just here for physical food, even though we're going to be feasting after this service. Maybe you are here for that. But OK, um, but you should be here not just for the food that we're going to eat. Amen. But you should be here for some spiritual food. You should be here for a rhema word. One word from God can change your life. You know, I could preach a whole message and you may not get nothing from it. And it might be just that last word that I give. So that means you got to keep your switch of faith turned on. Are you listening? you got to be listening. Jesus would say, those who have ears... Hear what the Spirit of God is saying. What was he saying? He wasn't talking about physical ears. He was talking about spiritual ears. You've got to have a hunger to hear what God is saying to you in the Word. Amen? Praise God. And so, and so Jesus said, Men should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So the sacrifice principle is putting God first. I like what it says in Hebrews 13, 15. And there's always a blessing. Can I say this again? There's always a blessing to sacrifice. You, you can't sacrifice without a blessing coming in. Without God, God blesses those that sacrifice. And some may say, well, I thought, I thought Jesus was the last sacrifice. Are you talking about that I should continue to sacrifice some things? Yes. <laughs> Yes, Jesus is the final sacrifice, as in when they, in the Old Testament, they would sacrifice animals. And, and, and God had a sacrifice system to cover the people's sins. And, and so they would take, and, and then if they sinned, they would have to bring another. I mean, I'm telling you, they were slaughtering animals left and right in the Old Testament. But, you know, thank God that we don't have to do that. Thank God Jesus was, is the final sacrifice. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Glory to God. So, so Jesus was, is the final sacrifice. But that doesn't mean that we can't still sacrifice some things for God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I believe that, God, that the greatest blessing is on the altar of sacrifice. And so in Hebrews... Uh, in in uh, Hebrews uh, 13, 15, it says, Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God. So this is Paul writing this. He said, Therefore, by, uh, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God. That is 
the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Hallelujah. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So, so, so what, is, what is the blessing? What is the blessing that comes from giving God praise and thanksgiving? What, what is the blessing? Well, the blessing or the promise that comes from giving God thanksgiving and praise is perfect peace. How many people want to walk in some more peace? Well, you start doing some, you know, the Bible talks about sacrifices of praise. When you start praising God in the midst of your storm, I'm telling you, God's going to put some peace in your life. And I don't know about you, but I want some peace in my life. The Bible says, see, when you, when you magnify God, it demagnifies, if that's a word, demagnifies your problem. I make up words up here. Is that all right? Don't check the dictionary on me, all right? You demagnify your problem. When you magnify God, you demagnify your problem. That means you make your problem smaller. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Uh, I like this. In Psalms 51, 17, it says here, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. And you know, listen, what, what, what Psalmist David, what he wrote was, he, he, David sinned and he had, listen, when you sin and God reveals that you, there's areas in your life that you're a knucklehead in, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And, there's, and that you messed up, there should be some kind of remorse. There should be, you, you know, especially, you know, when you, because, because when we sin, we're actually hurting God. And we should have some kind of remorse about that. Oh, pastor, I'm under grace. I don't need to feel anything. You should feel a little remorse if you mess up. James actually talks about that in James. James was talking about some of the people in the church and he, and he called them sinners. <laughs> and, he, and he said, and he said, and he, and he, and he called them adulteresses and adulteresses. Wow, because they had friendship with the world. And he said, you guys need to weep and mourn for your sin. James said that. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, we should have a godly sorrow for when we mess up. And so, so he said, there's a sacrifice of a broken and contrite heart. And, and, and so what, what's, the, what's the promise for that? Uh, forgiveness, and, and that's the promise. Forgiveness and restoration is a promise to repentance. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? That's the promise. I don't know about you, but I like that kind of promise. I like that when I can come to God and I'm in remorse. And they see, see, David was in a place where he, he sinned, but God forgave him. And David said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. I thank God we don't have to stay in remorse about our sins. I thank God that God can forgive us and wash us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And he can give us the joy back. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but don't let your sin of your past hold you back from the future that God has for you. Glory to God. Your sins are forgiven. They're washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Jesus paid the full price for your sins, glory to God. You have the gift of righteousness. It was imputed to you. 
that's a weird word, impudent. It's an old English word. It was important to you. Or you listen to one say, you have the gift of righteousness. Your spirit is perfect in God. It's just that our souls got, we, we need to work on our soul and we need to work on our body. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So it's okay to grieve over your sin, but don't keep grieving over it. You got to let it go like Paul had to let it go. He had to let go all the bad things he did in the past. And he had to keep moving forward. And we just need to keep moving forward. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lift up your heads, all ye gates. And be lifted up, you everlasting doors. So that the king of glory will come in. Who is the king of glory? The king strong and mighty. The king mighty in battle. Ooh, man, I'm getting a little excited this morning. Lift up your heads. Glory to God. We're not supposed to be slumped down as Christians. We need to lift our heads up. Glory to God. We're king's kids. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a king's kid. Glory to God. Ooh, I could drop the mic right now. Let's go eat. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's continue here. So we're talking about sacrifice. Isn't sacrifice wonderful? But anyway, we're talking about sacrifice. And I like in Philippians 4.18. And the Philippians, um, they were a, a church that supported Paul financially. They were one of the very few churches that supported Paul financially, gave it out of uh, out, out of their treasury to help Paul preach the gospel. And in 4.18, Philippians 4.18, it says, Indeed, I have all, uh, indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephroditus the things sent from you. And then, then Paul says this, and it's a sweet smell and aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. So, so Paul was equating their giving uh, as a sweet-smelling aroma unto the Lord, uh, a, a sweet sacrifice, and he was, he was equating their giving as sacrifice, the Philippian church. So listen, I'm going to say this to you. When we give out of a heart of love, uh, it is like a sweet-smelling sacrifice unto the Lord. The Lord receives our gifts. You're not just, when you give to the church, you're not just giving to, to Exceed Life Church. You're giving to God. You're giving to God Almighty. Oh, you listen to me. It's not just a church and an organization. No, hopefully when you're tithing and giving offerings, you're giving it to God. And then Jesus takes it and he receives those tithes and offerings and he presents it to the Father and he pours you down a blessing. And what, what is the promise of giving? My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's a good promise in giving. In other words, you're not going to lack any good thing. When you are a giver and you start giving out of your treasury, uh, God will give you more and you give and it's like a cycle of blessing. And we're not supposed to hold on. We're supposed to give out. We need to be river Christians. We need to flow like a river and allow God's resources to flow through us, to flow through others, to bless other people. And it's a cycle. I call it the life cycle of blessing. And then the final sacrifice is our bodies. And we talked about that in Romans 12. When, I, I, you know, uh, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, which is your reasonable service of worship and and so really you your body you, 
doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. It belongs to God twice over. One, by right of creation. Two, by the blood of Jesus. Tune in next week for the completion of this message. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Virginia Beach SDA Church located at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10.30 a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.